1: One artist. One weekly discussion on comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer.
0: And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Good night, professional artist and illustration nerd.
1: And we are the Handsome Boys, Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Yeah. there. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Eric, how are you? I'm sore. You're sore?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm Thor.
1: Oh, you're Thor. Okay. That makes more sense.
0: I'm I'm sore. No. Because because exercise. Oh, exercise. Yeah, because I'm fat and lazy, and I don't exercise always. Mm, yeah. And I have been. Well, that's good. And it hurts. Well,
1: yeah, it does do that. <laughs> <laughs> it sometimes it hurts a lot.
0: Yeah, it doesn't hurt a lot lately, but it, it's still, you know, ouch. Damn it. I'm not sore. Okay.
1: It's okay.
0: hard to get sore from petting cats.
1: You have to do it in very strange ways, I suppose. <sighs>
0: I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, it's soites, how you guys doing out there? Another week of comics to talk about. Uh, also, uh, later on, we'll see Nurbok Book Club. We're going to talk about Old Man Logan. It's like Wolverine, but he's like an old dude, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to hit anybody with claws. What? Doesn't want to claw him. But that's that's what he that's his thing. That's what he does mm-hmm. best. Remember, he has the whole thing about it. it's the thing he does that's the best, and you know you don't want to know about it. It's not very nice, right? Oh, he's yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh so do you, you want to talk about we have a a question from from our listener from Izzy? Uh,
0: oh, cool. and
1: uh, yeah, we we he sent it to us to us at our email address. It's handsome Boys What is at, Handsome at gmail dot com? You can e- email us any questions you'd like us to answer, or really anything, suggestions, or you know, you want us to read something specific for Nerdbot Club or yeah, Comic Week. Send weeks. me a picture of your junk.
0: I don't know. I don't I really n- encourage it. Don't but, do that. You
1: know. No, don't. No, I, I, I'll laugh. I will go. I, no, thank you. <laughs> Please don't send this. I do not want to see anyone's junk. Please don't send that. Do you like close
0: your eyes when you pay?
1: Well, that's mine. I'm very familiar with it. You,
0: you, you are within the set of anyone.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not a. Okay. I'm not. I'm not in the uh, the huddled masses, the dirty <laughs> peasants.
0: Tell us how you really feel, <laughs>
1: exactly. But uh, Izzy's question uh, is uh, for both of us, I guess. It, it as Eric is the artist, uh, he can answer more technical details uh, as well. But I, I think anyone has their opinions. I've I've let my opinions know about this topic before. We've
0: talked a, about bullshit covers. That's his major criteria. That's
1: bullshit covers is important and we're gonna talk about it. His question is what do you want to see from a cover? When is too much too much? Uh what are some examples of your favorite cover art? Hmm. So uh we start from from what is what do you want to see from a cover? I think that's a good place to start. Where Eric, what do you want to see from cover?
0: The thing about uh comic book covers, it's a little bit like uh poster art, which I'm also a big fan of. And I'd read a really really excellent article which i'll have to find and maybe i'll share it to you and i don't know i'll tweet it or something once i find it again but the the, it said the purpose of of that kind of illustration is to either to confuse the eye to overwhelm the eye uh basically to be something that you can't not look at you know to really to draw people in and when you think about what the comic book cover is supposed to do it's supposed to make you want to buy it. The same way we always say that the the comic book story like their job is to make you want to read the next issue, the co- cover artist's job is to make you want to read that issue. Right. So I think simply put that that is what it should be doing. Um other than that everything is, you know, personal taste and what you like in art. Um I like for things to be like really full and really full of energy. Um but you know there's something to be said some people do it really minimal some people are just like going all out drawing stuff like crazy but i don't know i tend to like the same kind of things in the ex- interiors and covers um i think probably my favorite series of covers both as like illustration concepts and like just the technical work is um uh, the james Jean series of covers on Fables. Okay. You're familiar with these?
1: Yeah, I've seen I believe you have one on your wall, don't you? Yeah, it's
0: actually not one of my favorites. I just sort of put it up because it's uh no, I have two on my wall. I have one of my favorites and I have one that I you know, it it's with some uh some old army comics. And I wanted another one that was army themed, so I put that one up there. It's fun. But conceptually they have a that they have a whole very interesting conceptual edge to them. And that's an important part of what illustration is. You know, it's it's not sh- simply, you know, I'm going to draw a person standing there. Well, it's like, you know, what can I say about this? What clever ideas am I trying to communicate? What other meanings am I trying to get here? Like I'm trying to think of some concrete examples from uh from fables. Um I think that one in particular that I brought up at first that's got um uh, it was when Bigby Wolf was back in World War Two and it's like he's in dog company and well it's the, the whole the whole concept it was a reference to those old like Joe Kubert, Sergeant Rock and um uh, Sergeant Fury and those uh those World War Two stories of what was that? The sixties, seventies? Sixties. Those books were in the sixties.
1: Well Sergeant Fury and his Commando Commando's was sixties, yeah. I don't yeah. know. There's They've been around for. There have been many iterations of, you know, war comics, but those that particular kind of and Sergeant Rock was, you know, the uh-huh. same roughly the same era. I think.
0: But just like the whole conceptual edge of tying that into that that history of of uh, of comics, like that, there's just a richness there, and James Jean is very good at that. It's 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 clever. It's it's a little bit different than what you can get away with in an interior you have to be literal and you have to worry about telling a story right unless you're too low in which case <laughs> you're just going to just everything's just crazy pants
1: so i agree with pretty much i and like you said uh in a utilitarian sense yes the the core thing is you're trying to sell that comic book mm-hmm. yeah um and like you taste for what i like on a cover I, I I had mentioned going into about what a bullshit cover is.
0: Uh, I I it was a beautiful rant that one.
1: Yeah, was, I believe it was a Justice League issue, like maybe three or four issues ago, uh, when they were dealing with the Amazovirus. virus. Mm. <laughs> but I generally. It, I understand that it has to sell the comic book, and and as opposed to like you said, interiors, it doesn't have to t- necessarily tell a story. But I at least want it to like thematically be honest, you know, with what's inside. And that, and that I mean, I, and that could be stretched many, many, many different ways. Uh, I think if like you mentioned those uh, fable covers, I think another good series of covers that really aren't, you know, uh, they do a great job of what I think covers should do is those animal man covers, Brian Bollins animal man covers. Oh, those are tremendous. Yeah. With the, from the grant Morrison run, which we discussed, uh, way back. I can't remember the episode title, but you know, do a search. You guys can find it. Uh, but uh, my personal, I, if I could think like just right off the top of my head, a great cover that I love, uh, the days of future past, of old you know, mm-hmm. Graying, Graying Wolverine, Kitty mm-hmm. Pride in front of the wall, and you know, it, it wanted poster of all the different mutants. Some of them, you know, you're like, Oh my god, they're dead. You know, it, it it tells so much information in a very short amount of time, really gets you extremely interested in the comic, like
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a little bit different sort of approach. That's more of a storytelling approach, a more literal approach. Yeah. Uh, than James Jean would always take. Right. Uh, he would take a more illustrative approach where that's, you know, it is an illustration, but it is, it is less conceptual. Right. Uh, even though it has like a really striking like concept, the spotlight, the wanted poster. Um and the Brian Bolland is sort of, it's kind of in between both of them because it would relate to the story, but it would also be sort of something conceptual that was happening. So I think it's, those are three very interesting, uh, examples to bring up regarding this yeah i just don't very apt ones
1: i just the bullshit cover thing I, it just really bothers me like <laughs> when it has something that is clearly like it's gonna happen three issues down the line like where it takes a stance where it's like here's something that's happening in this comic book like that justice league cover in particular bothered me is because the stuff that was on that cover isn't gonna happen didn't happen for two or three issues i'm like while well, why is this? It's selling. It's selling me a, full, a false bill of goods. I mean, I think it could have been honest and been fine and been, you know, interesting. It, it like those. It's like those fifty covers. Are like where it, you know, as they're all zany and like, why are Superman and Batman beating up Louis Lois Lane? Like, yeah, it, was, uh,
0: it was totally going to bring up the that exact and you, that exact meme, like Super Dickery and. All the examples of Superman being an asshole because it's like from some terrible comic cover.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you go in, and then it's just like, oh, well, he was under mind control, and it was, or it was a dream, or mm-hmm. or it's a what if story. Superman was dreaming it the entire time, and, and so thing's there's like, a long history
0: of bullshit covers.
1: There is a long history of bullshit covers. I give those a. I just those are of its time. They didn't know better, but I I, I still you know. Now that you know about those covers, I think at the time I probably would, I don't know, trying to put myself in the mind of someone buying a comic in like 1953 and it's like, oh man, Superman and Batman kill ten people in this issue. I need to buy it. And then they don't, they didn't actually do any of that. I don't know how I'd feel. Probably think it was bullshit.
0: You probably would. But Record yourself screaming about it and put it on the internet.
1: Oh, yes, in 1953 I would do that.
0: Yeah, well, you're not a time traveler?
1: I am not. Unfortunately.
0: Okay, then how'd you get in
1: 1953? I, I'm, I did, I'm not a time traveler. I am immortal. Oh. So, and time is, it is a loop. We just mm-hmm. keep, it comes back around to the beginning. I just wait around to 1953.
0: You're gonna be so bored.
1: Yeah, I, I'm gonna bring up a Kindle.
0: <laughs> Those batteries do last a long time.
1: I have a couple battery backups, and I have ways yeah. of, of harvesting electricity. You know, because I have future technology. And by the, t- I just have to wait around until dinosaurs are around, and then I can just ride dinosaurs. Mm-hmm.
0: In closing, that's what I like in a cover:
1: riding dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> but that was uh, a great. Uh, great, question, Izzy. Uh, I agree, baby. Great question, Izzy. I, there there's some examples. I'm sure we could we could go a long, long time about our good covers, but I think those are some good, good broad examples of what mm. we enjoy. Um uh, but without further ado, you wanna talk about some comic books, Eric?
0: Seems like a sensible thing to do.
1: Let's let's get some weekly floppies going then. <laughs> weekly floppies part show. Eric I will uh, talk about the week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. We also have a bonus book this week. So I felt compelled. I wanted to discuss it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh starting off, <sighs> Weird World Number One.
0: Listen to you laughing.
1: I just just saying it makes me laugh. <laughs> but uh we're it's secret wars tie in book i think uh, we're in, in marvel uh this is written by Jason Aaron Mike Del Mundo or Mundo on art uh, he was he was i i really like seeing him uh drawing the book because he was on he was my favorite artist on the the short lived electra series and him uh drawing with uh Jason Aaron writing is very uh, exciting uh he, colors Mike Del Mundo and Marco Del Alfonso letters Corey Pettit uh there's not real much context about where what this is like in Secret Wars in Battle World, but it's like crazy LSD Conan.
0: With uh, that's an excellent way to describe it with with gun ogres.
1: Yeah, it's just it's insane insanity with like stabbing and like crazy creatures and gore and a map that looks like it was drawn by a five year old.
0: I, I lo- that is. That is one of my that is now one of my all-time favorite panels just ever. There's just something delightfully hilarious about incredibly bad drawings. And that is they they wasted a whole page showing all those incredibly awful drawings. Drawings of glow dogs and man wolves. Cannibal and convoy. Cannibal yep. convoy.
1: They eat people.
0: They eat people.
1: Angry, very angry horseman. <laughs> my, my, this is my my favorite. Is hawk squatch. Hawk squatch. Hawk squatch.
0: Oh, that's terrible.
1: <laughs> it's and I, it's you know we get the the context is this is a the former leader and now he's trying to find his way through weird world and fighting gun ogres and dragons and. I I I I I think the art is great. I love his art. Mm-hmm. And it really suits this book especially. Uh Jason Aaron's writing is good as always. Uh and it's I it's just it, I want it doesn't need to be in secret wars. I don't know why this is a tie into that. This I hope this continues. Mm-hmm. I would read this comic if it was just hey, there's a new book called Weird World. And there's a barbarian fighting Morgan Lefay, LeFay or something. Like, it doesn't need to be in Secret Worlds, but I really enjoy this. This is, I dare say, this is my favorite tie-in yet. You like it more
0: than than uh, the all all Modoc issue?
1: Yeah, I think I do.
0: Would you like this more if Modoc was in it?
1: Actually, I think, I, I don't know. If it was a weird barbarian, like, world, weird world Modoc. Weird maybe?
0: barbarian Modoc.
1: Weird barbarian. That's what you want if he was in it, I'd accept it and like it. I don't think he's necessary because it's just, I think he would just detract from the atmosphere. What do you think, Eric? I'm a buy. If it's not clear.
0: (laughs) This book is, 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 um, good for all the reasons you've described. I don't walk away, uh, too excited about it. Obviously I do like this artist. I like Jason Aaron. I enjoy this book. I, I'm not walking away with a huge impression. It's it's weird and it's interesting, and I, I I mean I might as well be a buy because it is weird and interesting, and those things are two great tastes taste great together. <laughs> um, but I I don't know. I had forgotten so much about about it until reviewing it, and I'm like, well, it just hasn't made a big impression on me. So. I think that's that's my caveat there. It's a good book. it looks gorgeous. I love the terribly drawn map. It's the funniest thing ever uh buy it, but i'm gonna forget about it i think well, unless I... it unless it continues to continues to impress, which it may
1: i i what I'm hoping is that this i mean we're next apparently next issue is uh escape from ape Lantis. Mm-hmm. uh I'm on board for that i it's I really like this. Uh, I'm I am all on board. Are you? But you know, no mush meter. You're full on your well yeah, buy. May as well be. May. may as well be. May is. But is that a yes? My, my.
0: That's a yes.
1: Okay, that's all I need. I need. I. It's like I'm at Uh. The this the. You know the air, airline air, air, air attendant. I need the. Yeah. I need the verbal confirmation that you can are handle you saying
0: air attendant because you're looking at the Air Emirates ad that I also have on my screen.
1: No, it's not why I said that. I just couldn't have come up with the right flight attendant. I couldn't <laughs> come up with that word. But uh I need a verbal confirmation that you can handle the duties uh or that you are a buy or do not buy. So now well, I
0: did you... say I did say that I was a buy.
1: No, you said it may as well be. That's not the same.
0: No, I said it may as well not be mushy. Either way, we're having communication problems. Semantics.
1: Here. Weird World number one, double buy. It's weird. <laughs> I'm going to keep reading it. It is weird. Next up, uh, also from Marvel, also a, a weird ass tie in. It is Ghost Racers number one uh, in the Kill- Can I
0: officially just say what the damn hell?
1: <laughs> Story, Philippe Smith, Art, Juan Gideon, G- G- Gideon, Gideon, one of those things. Color, Tam- yes. Rob, Bon Bonvillon. Bon villain. just 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 make noises it's fine. I, I'm so I apologize to these people if they ever hear this. Uh letters again Corey Pettit. It's uh if did you ever want a uh a racing um a story about all the ghost riders racing at the same time uh in a death arena?
0: Mm-hmm. I I don't think that it's something I've ever asked for. I I I've never asked for uh chain gun wielding Centaurus. centaur ghost rider.
1: <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous I, I don't know that
0: i asked for him getting hit by a car either i mean i have to admit like just on the face value of these ideas this is this is kind of like hyperbolic awesome stuff mm-hmm. which i don't know i'm fine with it i just it when it's not just full-on stupid it, it it's like it's trying to be it's like it, it, it's like it kind of doesn't it's trying to deny that it's just re- just going to be stupid. You know, it, it doesn't. To, it doesn't it's, go it's, big it's, enough. In in parts it does. It's like it's trying to tell like a legitimate story about Robbie Ray's. And I mean, I don't know that that's really what this needs to be. It would be like it would be like inserting a heartfelt story about Modoc in those Modoc books.
1: Well, I I felt very deeply for Modoc. I, I, I don't know about you. I went oh he fell in love with Angela I, I I agree with you in the most part uh when it's just crazy popcorn popcorn pop popcorn haha that was popcorn. Un- unintentional pun uh popcorn fun stuff like that with a crazy action in the cars and exploding and g- mm-hmm. gun centaurs that's that's really great but yeah the the non stuff is like I'm supposed to I think what really like I like the weirdness and weird world is because there's also like world building going on. Mm-hmm. And this, you're just like, oh, it's like those other times that people fight or race in arenas. Like it's not, you know, it's not n- like when it, the action stops, it's not just like crazy, full of like uh, weird catchphrases. It's not Taladanga Knights, basically. I want, mm-hmm. I want the off track action in this book to be Taladanga Knights, and it doesn't do that.
0: I can get behind that. I'm, I can support that.
1: I still liked it. I still enjoyed it. It, but it is disposable mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like it, it, you can. I can take it or leave it. Like I, I am perfectly happy. I would say I'm a solid three on the mush meter for a buy on this. Where it's I don't regret buying it, but I could easily not have read it as well. So it's kind of right there in the middle.
0: I just want Trad more Ghost Rider back.
1: He's well. He can only do so much at one time.
0: Why? Yes.
1: He, there's more Luther Strode coming. There better be. Where do you
0: fall? Oh goodness gracious. Honestly, mm-hmm. I can't I can't come up with a solid reason to recommend this. Okay. There's there's better there's better Robbie Race, Ghost Rider. This is fine, but I'm not gonna go out of my way to recommend it to anyone, so I'm I'm. do not buy. Okay.
1: That puts us how do we average that out?
0: Well, it's, it's it's split decision. It so
1: doesn't... so no average. So yeah. we have we have a split decision. But I'm I'm a buy with a mush meter three. I would and I would echo Eric's sentiment is that go check out the last Ghostwriter series that just ended. Solid even after Tradmore stopped drawing it, it's still really good. Um, so split decision on that. Our next up, indie book of the week. A little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a you know I just wanted to explore something different this time around. So we're doing. It's like a romance comic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Long Distance. Uh, written and drawn by Tom Zoller. Edited by David Hedgecock. Um, this is... We don't really talk about comics like this too much, do we?
0: No. I kind of thought we would talk about Fresh Romance when it came out, but we did not. I... yeah, I... We had no interest in that girl book.
1: No, I had interest. I just missed it. Nah. I don't think it was I totally list. missed
0: it as well. I wasn't paying attention.
1: Yeah, I follow the editor actually on Twitter. I just, you know, when I was putting together the show notes and putting together episodes, it just kind of flew by.
0: We should retroactively go back and read it.
1: We can do that. But this issue, i This is what I felt about this. Mm-hmm. In that it's very snappy, smart dialogue. Like I, like it felt, you know, like uh, like these characters are are written like it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's very back and forth. Uh I I like how they're written. I like both the, the both the main characters. I felt it's honest to a certain extent. I think the only thing I came with is like why is this a comic book?
0: Well, people like different genres. Yeah, I know. And it's billed as slice of life genre. I don't know that you would necessarily call it that. <laughs> um I don't know. Like I like I can relate to this story. I can relate to these characters. I, 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 to an extent, you know, I've, <laughs> I've had a lot of dates and a lot of them don't necessarily go this well, but you know, sometimes that's, you know, you have these interactions. It's, I don't know. It, it's an interesting book, but we're like superhero and sci fi. We're that kind of nerd and it's, it's different, you know? I think there is, there are people that are kind of longing for this though. I mean, there's all kinds of different genres like this in, you know, inter- international comics. Mm-hmm. Probably like European, definitely in Japanese comics. This is probably a more common thing because there are, there are more people buying comics that are demanding different kind of books. And I don't know. I, I hope this is a good sign that different demands are branching out.
1: Yeah, it's not. I, I, I'm not calling it bad. It's good. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I just, I think that it comes to mind is because when I think of comics, I like we, I mention it all the time. Is you know, Alan Moore when he was writing a comic, he wanted to make something that couldn't be done in other media, and this is doable in all kinds of media.
0: Yeah, there's there's some truth to that, but here's the thing: not every Book has to be like it, yeah. It doesn't have to be genre shifting, like, like, meta. uh, (laughs) Well, I'm not even, I mean, not even like just
1: trying to be as good as Alan Moore doing what he does, but I mean, like, I understand, like, well, you draw a superhero comic because you can draw any, like, that's the thing. The comic you can, there's no budget, like, on effects. You mm-hmm. could, or a sci-fi, or a western, even like you, yeah. You could like you do, could,
0: you could make a, a a cheap indie movie just filming at airports and whatever. Like you could, you could make this movie really easy, is what you're saying. Yeah. Why, it, why do that? Well, why do comics?
1: Well, I and I mean, he is the artist and the writer of the same person, so I understand that. Well, I want to tell the story, so I don't care that it's not. And he does a good job at keeping, like, his, you know, the panels and stuff interesting, and he doesn't, like, make everything just people sitting across from each other talking.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say that, yeah, he's, he's a better panel designer than he is a figure drawer, because a lot of these, a lot of these drawings of people are, I, I do not care for him, but he does manage to keep the pages interesting. So that's an interesting observation.
1: And so, I, I don't know where to, I enjoyed this comic. I, I'm going to say bye if you're – I don't – I can't – I'm not saying – I I liked, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I'm a bye. Take that for what you will. Yeah, I,
0: I'm pretty much in the same boat. Um, I I think it's a positive thing, and I think that more people should do I, – I, 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 for one, would like to see more genres in comics. And I think that it's, it's okay to say, well, there's an intersection of people that want Romance stories and also like comic books, because it's a perfectly fine way to digest media to digest a story it's a perfectly fine media to tell any story, even if, if if you're not really asking that question, what can this do that nothing else can in the end it's it's just it's fine it's a good enough way to tell a story so so yeah so i'm yeah. i'm I'm a buy as well but you you, you kind of know. You kind of have to know what you're getting into.
1: Well, Eric, that shirt was a long distance for us to get into those buys. I'm going to say nothing. (laughs) Double, double buy on long distance number one. We're over to DC, DCU movement. Yeah. With, with, with with starfire number one, uh, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, Emanuela Lupicino on pencils, Ray McCarthy on inks, hi-fi colors, Tom Napolitano on letters. This is. Star, starfire on earth mhm uh who she's not socially literate i i don't well,
0: this but... is this seems like it's based more directly on the teen titans starfire which was it was the starfire that was very popular with like young women and girls they just they just like that she was a delightful fun airhead mhm and that she doesn't understand human culture and most of her jokes kind of, most of her interactions and most of the weird things that she does seem to stem from that. They tried to take it a different way. You remember we, we had that discussion back mm. when we first read um, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Mm-hmm. as She was in that. And This is even a departure from that. And that was not that long ago when we read it. But certainly when the New 52 came out, it was a a, a big stink. that The way they were like, oh yeah, Starfire doesn't understand human shame so she'll fuck any person on the street and that was just how they decided to make her character and they have a little bit of that that she just walks up to this dude and she's like let's make out this is awesome but i don't know i thought this was a really cute book i really liked it
1: i'm uh, yeah i'm not sure if i like see, it or i i I'm,
0: you, i think that's so weird what's uh what what's your what's your uh, beef with it
1: uh i don't know i i do like it In like I like how it looks. Mm -hmm. It's it's a well, very well drawn book.
0: It's a beautiful book. I really love the way it looks.
1: Yeah, she her the way that you know they their hair. I I that just stands out to me. So that the way that her hair is you know moves around and it's always tailing her. I don't. I just find some of the humor a little too dumb.
0: It's, it's Palmiati and Connor. I, I
1: know, I know, I know. I, their,
0: I, their humor is incredibly dumb.
1: I, and some of it I think lands really well and then some mm-hmm. of it kind of fizzles, but I, yeah, I'm, I guess at the end of the day, I am, I do enjoy it. I think I, I don't regret reading it. I, I think I, the art alone is worth a look mm-hmm. uh, for most people, but I'm, I think that my only issue is I don't really feel any kind of, I, I guess I don't feel like the, there's any conflict. I don't feel any like drive to read the next one because it just feels like I, I guess I don't feel like a punch at the end. It was like I feel like I'm supposed to, like I like oh something's there's no cliffhanger for me. There's no like, and it feels mm-hmm. like they're trying to lead just lead us to one that I don't feel any urgency. And I think that's probably a lot of my hesitation comes from where I'm like, well, that was fine, but what is is two going to be any different from this one? Is it just going to be the same? Like her.
0: That's a really good, uh, it's a really excellent uh, criticism of that that I hadn't really thought of because I think, like a lot of people, I was sort of caught up in the, oh, well, this is a book about this beloved character and she's acting more the way she's supposed to and there are these creators that are handling it the correct way and I don't know. It's just sort of happy and delightful and fun and it seems like the whole point is just sort of getting to be in that. Right. And wanting to come back for more but it 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 I agree with you that it is a little flat that um, they did kind of spend a little bit too much uh, of the of their time in the book just sort of being slow and slice of lifey and it, it doesn't really build you know a lot of plot or any of that stuff so that's I don't know that's a very uh, a very astute criticism
1: I, like I Think immediately of, like, Squirrel Girl, which is also yeah. a fun, light, you know, not it. Mm-hmm. there's not, like, heavy conflict. You're never really worried about if she's going to make it yes. uh, you know, through the comic. Yeah. But, like, that kind of that – that has set its tone where it's like, okay, we're going to watch Squirrel Girl fight these crazy villains every time, and she always wins, and that's kind of the fun part. Like, she faces off against Galactus and, you know, or she fights Craven. like she was going to go against, a, like, a wacky villain or a super powerful person. And how she beats them with squirrels and, you know, being cunning and stuff is part of the, the fun of that. And I, like, I bought in on that, that, you know, it's not going to be, like, super heavy conflict in every issue. And I think I would probably give this comic a few issues mm-hmm. to set up what they're going to do with it. Like, what that tenant is going to be and like if it does do that thing where i'm like it's just this every time and there's no the core conceit doesn't evolve into something that does work episodically without necessarily ratcheting up tension i'll drop it but if it you know builds into something which i'm sure it possibly could easily i mean i like this direction then i will you know continue so i'm a i'm a buy at at the moment
0: Mm, i'm i'm a pretty confident buy on this because it's kind of does everything that I want. I think Squirrel Girl really is a very apt comparison, but um, it really does not feel as well crafted as Squirrel Girl does. So I I agree with everything you said.
1: It makes me feel warm inside.
0: I, I'll make you feel warm inside.
1: Well, you did it already. You just did it. Yeah,
0: you're right. I just wanted to say something weird.
1: (laughs) So double by Starfire number one. Next up from DC is Constantine, the Hellblazer. Number one, uh, Ming Doyle and James Tinian, the fourth writers, Riley Rosmo art, Ivan Placentia colors, Riley Rosmo on the cover, Tom Napolitano, Tom Napolitano on letters. Uh, Riley Rosmo. We last saw him, uh, drawing Rasputin, Rasputin book, which I had been reading. Um, now he's drawing Constantine, which is also a supernatural Mm ghosty book with lots of blood
0: is he off constant is he off uh is he off rasputin is he off rasputin i'm stupid i
1: don't they it seemed like that book was taking i don't know if it, it seemed like it was continue into something else i don't know if he's gonna be doing the art on it or not it seemed it, he seemed his art style seemed very appropriate for this so mm-hmm. i'm i hope that it stays but i i don't i don't know um but this is we had i i don't think we're i wasn't really a huge fan of the last john Constantine series. Uh, we
0: read I, it, and we neither one of us really cared for it. We, it,
1: it was at some times it was okay, and other times it was not good. Um, I don't. I I like this more than mm-hmm. that. I this I, is a
0: good. This is a good solid comic.
1: Yeah, I I I, I mean the art goes a long way because I I enjoyed the art a lot, I, and the way that I it, it seems like it could be the same and could be and could be set in this universe with the the way the art because the art just. You know, the, the the things that are he's encountering in this story. Mm-hmm. And it feels a little bit edgier. And I think that's Constantine should feel a little edgier than the Constantine we were the Constantine we were reading before. The new the first New Fifty Two yeah. Constantine. This is you know, he's having sex with demons and, you know
0: He's covered in blood on covered, page one covered in blood and, and naked. He's yeah, naked naked holding it holding his junk in his hand and covered in blood. So, and he's, he's flirting with a dude bartender, which that's, that I did not expect. Like, John Constantine is bisexual. That's wacky.
1: I think that's, you know, I, that is also, it, it makes sense. I think that. It doesn't,
0: yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't feel tacked on much. It, no. It, it kind of works for me. I mean, I am not overly familiar with the character, but based on what's put in front of me, I buy it. He's totally going to suck off a ghost.
1: I don't, not sure if we'll see that in a DC book. Hey, come on. Maybe in Vertigo.
0: <laughs> Getting the uh, ghost job.
1: Yeah, ghost. Well, well, how much does it cost? You have to ask. Can't afford it. Uh. Um. <laughs> uh, all joking aside, i really i I like this direction. I like. I'm very. I enjoy this. I I I'm all for this Constantine. This is a Constantine I could. I'll be reading. I'll be following. So I'm a buy.
0: This here is a good book. So. I I am not so overwhelmingly positive on the art. Okay, but I do I do like it. It does really work. Like I think I liked Rasputin better. Like I mm. felt like this feels this feels like a talented person sort of phoning it in in comparison to the way Rasputin looked to me. Rasputin felt like he was handling it very personally. This feels like I'm a little bit less excited and I'm trying to get this issue done, but he carries it very well. Um I do like him doing this book though, and I think that it'll it can work for it in the way that Steve Dillon worked preacher. Um you know, it's it's just sort of creates a world, and that's an an important thing for a comic book artist to do. I agree. But I'm a buy if I didn't say that all already since you're going to be a stickler about it.
1: I'm going to be a stickler about it's my job. Uh I I, I Mr. get paid stickler. I get paid lots of money. To do it's that. A it's a stickle. Uh so double by Constantine the Hellblazer, number one. And we have one additional comic, uh, we'll officially we'll give official verdicts on, and this is from last week. It's uh from Image. I had just kind of let it go by because I at first glance I kinda got the same idea that I think that they actually talk about in this book, and I did not realize what this was. Uh but it is Airboy, number one, uh written by James Robson, Art and Letters by Greg Hinkle. Uh and I looked at the bo- I looked at the solicitations very quickly and just saw the title Airboy. I'm like, oh, I remember that. I remember the re- that when they rebooted it, which they mentioned in this book back in the late '80s, early '90s, somewhere in there. I remember having a copy of Airboy, and I'm like, I don't. Why are they? I don't need another like classic, you know, public domain comic book necessarily. I'll you know w- we can pass on that. And then I hear multiple reviews talking about how this could be the best book of James Robinson's career. And uh, stuff like that. I'm like, okay, well, I should check it out. And it's very like, it, like interesting and and weird for a book called Airboy to be about like the lives of the life of this comic book writer and how it's going down the toilet, and, like his collapse, like as a as a like a artistically, basically. Well, I I this is of all the books we read this week, this is the one I want to know what you think, Eric, because it could go either way.
0: I well, I I like this book. I enjoy it. Okay, it's weirder than shit. Uh, for practically no reason, it is exactly, it is exactly, uh, it's a comic book version of the film adaptation. Are you familiar with the, the I, movie adaptation? I, 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 yes, I I own that movie. Yeah, of course you do. Of you course. own every movie.
1: No, I got rid of a lot of them.
0: You still probably have access to watching them in some manner. Anyway, it's the exact same premise that here's a story. The writer is struggling with an assignment that he has. He's got to do it. He's trying to find the conflict in it. And he inserts himself to where he's the center of the story. The conflict is about him figuring out, but it becomes, by by the end, it's, it's metafiction. It's almost like a Kurt Vonnegut story where he inserts himself into it. It's. I don't know. I um. Uh, I enjoyed it. You know. It's. It's kind of like a, a. Is it Fingerman? What am I stupid? Mm-hmm. That's that's Bob a, Fingerman. That's, that's a Bill. I think
1: maybe it's Bob. Mm-hmm. I can't no, remember. I'm
0: thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking of the wrong person. Okay. Mm.
1: Bob is Bob Fingerman. You're right. First time, but your minimum wage is that what? Not what you're thinking of? Okay.
0: Or? So uh, that 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 explains why I can't think of something different than it is because i thought of the right thing the first time (laughs) yes bob fingerman is exactly who i mean to say okay It's it's a very like it's it's stylized in a uh in a in a minimum wage sort of way and it's definitely colored in that 90s comic sort of way and it's the stories are even a little bit like you know it's about dudes going out and misbehaving and screwing and drinking and all of this stuff, making bad decisions. I'm really curious where this is going to go. Yeah. I think it's interesting that it's hyped as much as it is. I don't think... I certainly don't think that it's bad, and it's it's gotten me interested. Um...
1: Well, I I think it's... Like, you mentioned adaptation, and I think it is very similar to adaptation, mm. at least in plot, but I think it makes... I think what it set a lot of people like being excited about it and why I really like it is that it's because it's not, you see a portrayal of the screenwriter in adaptation. Paul, you know, it, it's not actual, it's not the actual person who wrote the movie in this. It is literally the writer of this comic book is literally in this comic book. It is literally James Robinson, literally writing about himself. You actually see him or at least a, you know, an illustration of him and, and he's, you know, he wrote Starman, most well known for that. He even mentions that in this, like it's so personal, and and I and he's been, you know, he wrote the Fantastic Four recently, and he wrote that uh, Invaders series we read, you know, we've read a couple issues of, and I don't think either of them really like were crazy, you know, set apart for us. We thought they're fine, you know, they're okay. Um, this feels like a big departure for him, especially, and for a comic book called Airboy. Like it's all these things, like it, I. I I am like very interested. Like I, it it certainly got me wanting to read number two. I am aboard, all aboard for this this comic. Like I, you don't see something like this with a combination of like from image by a big name creator, like a big name creator willing to put himself out there like this. Mm-hmm. So it, I and I really like. That last page really works really well, spe- with the colors especially. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that the the whole thing, like you said, is in that, like, 90s, two-tone, th- like, three-tone, like, very, like, you know, minimalistic kind of style. And then suddenly, big, bold Airboy. Mm-hmm.
0: Boom. It's like Chris Brow steps in. <laughs> it is.
1: Hey, I'm here. So, I'm a buy. I, this is a, from last week. You guys, if you did not pick this up, I would definitely suggest it.
0: It does seem like it's going to be... One of those unmissable events in, in comics. So I would hate to, I'd hate to miss the boat on this one. And I do like it. I do, I, I'm not any, anything that I'm going to compare to Bob Fingerman, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I don't want to read that. I fucking love Bob Fingerman. So naturally it's a positive comparison. I enjoy this book. The friggin' sex scene in this is just bananas. I I keep look. I just stare at that page. It's incredible.
1: I think it also like the fact that like sex criminals has kind of paved the way for comics like this, where mm-hmm. they can be more explicit they and
0: have dongs in them.
1: Yeah, and be funny though. It also like it. I would compare it to that where it's there. It is funny. I I actually this is it came across as actually a funny comic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Anything else you want to mention? Any other issues you want to mention, Eric?
0: Uh, d- 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 did you read Gotham Academy? I did not. It's, I mean, it's a side story. It's not as good as, it's not as good as I wanted it to be. I'm a little disappointed, slightly. Okay. But, it's still good. It's cute.
1: Okay. I haven't read it yet. I need to catch up. I keep saying Maps it. gets
0: cursed, and she's forced to hold Damian Wayne's hand. You hate that idea?
1: No. It, I that's what I from what I've read about it that's what I said would happen but I'm I need to read it along with about fifty other comic books.
0: Yes, I, you need to.
1: I reorganized my my comic book shelves to put everything I haven't read yet in the same shelf. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a looks. Another, bit, you need another bookshelf. Yeah, exactly. I I'm like, oh, I should probably but not buy too many comic books because I you know have to read things so that I already own first. But, yeah, you know, it doesn't stop me because I'm a crazy person. Um, without further ado, I think we move on to our next segment. You ready, Eric? Why wouldn't I be? Okay. Time for checking in. Checking in is probably of the show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Nerdy things, et cetera. Eric, what have you been up to?
0: Well, I went to the old MetroCon yesterday.
1: Mm, how was it? It was not bad.
0: Uh, as usual, I did not get a pass because the artists alley is not behind a pass wall so i just talked to all the artists met a bunch of really cool people um don't have my business cards and all my notes in front of me so i don't think i'm going to be calling out people by name this time uh, but i'll i'll probably be contacting most of them personally in in some form or fashion but you know the the thing about about metrocon That I noticed is there are lots and lots and lots of very talented artists. I mean, there, there will be some that, you know, just, they're, it's like their first con. They're doing it as a lark. They're not quite ready for prime time and, you know, good for them for getting themselves out there. But there's tons of people that are extremely talented and I like none of their work. And I thought that was very interesting that I could walk around and recognize that there were so many people at an incredibly high level. Doing work that I do not care for. I will say, probably the coolest thing that I got there was an artist, a young woman that had illustrated a a card deck with uh, Avatar: The Last Air the, the Last Airbender and Legend of Korra characters. She did fifty two illustrations and had them printed on playing cards, and it was just absolutely beautiful. It was. She was an excellent illustrator, and it was one of the most clever things I had seen at the con. And it was she was selling them for quite a lot, but it was also fifty-two illustrations. Yes. So she did a very uh, remarkable job putting it together. And it's not like she, you know, printed a hundred thousand of them and she can afford to sell them for five dollars each. That you know she's. Probably got ten of them, and she's selling them for fifty dollars. <laughs> so I, I, I'm very pleased that I have that. It's still probably my favorite thing that I got from the con. I wish I could mention her by name, but I don't have her business card in front of me. I may, uh, I may post a link to like her Tumblr or something, just simply so I can, uh, so you can put it in the show notes or something.
1: Okay, sounds but nice. Sounds interesting.
0: Metrocon was a uh, was a good experience. This was also uh, drink and draw weekend. I'd be remiss for not saying that. It was a good, good, solid drink and draw. We're getting the old crew coming back, and it's it's a good time, you know. The ones that weren't too tuckered out from going to MetroCon all day. In addition to that, do you want to hear what I'm reading comic? Yeah, I know. In addition to that, you want to hear what I'm reading comics on now?
1: Um, yes, I do.
0: I have in my hand a Microsoft Surface Pro 3 that I just got. Ooh. I got this so I can send emails and work on my vacation that's coming up because I'm insane. But, I figure, what the hell, I'm going to test out the Comicsology app on this thing. Let me tell you, um, there's, I think, some good argument to having an OS that's entirely for a tablet interface because you kind of need it to do different things This still It's a tablet that behaves like a uh, like a laptop. You know, it doesn't like sleep and do the things that you expect like a tablet or a phone to do. I mean, it's it's a fully fledged Windows laptop for the good and bad of that. I mean, I can play Heroes of the Storm on it, but I can't just like click it off and have it function exactly correct like my phone. If I have a download going, I click it off, the download will finish. This thing is weird. Like, if it goes to sleep, it will stop downloading. It's really bizarre. The Comixology app is kind of a disaster on it, too. <laughs> I, I don't know why they would release it. It's so different. I have used the iOS app and the Android app. They're fairly similar. This is nothing like either of them. For one thing, the... uh The thing about it's, it, you can put it in portrait mode, you can put it in landscape mode, just like any regular tablet. You can turn it, it senses that you've turned it, and it rotates the screen. Mm -hmm. The Comixology app will not rotate. It is perpetually in landscape mode, so I have it, I have it standing upright, and it is sideways right now. Uh, the issues when they're on the device are not categorized. Like when you go to my books, you have two categories. Stop being stupid. Probably not. You have on device and you have in cloud. And it's, they're just in the order in which you bought and or downloaded them. Okay. Like all the Wolverines are, they, it's reshuffled them now. They're together now that they're on the device. But there's not like a Wolverine, like book page. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like a folder of all the issues. In the way that every other app is. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it makes it really hard to read. Fortunately, though, when you actually have the books open, I mean, the hardware, like the screen, is beautiful. And it's really interesting after like reading on a small uh, Android tablet and before that on a regular-sized iPad at low resolution. This is an HD screen. It's enormous. I mean, it's like it's like a medium to large laptop screen, and you know the comic fits to the form factor perfectly. So it's interesting seeing a comic book at a, a an enlarged size, like it's bigger than an actual printed comic book page. So that's actually kind of cool to see. So it's not all bad. Okay. But uh, very, I I'm do what?
1: No, I was just gonna say it's very odd
0: that that the app is so bad. Yeah, it's terrible
1: actually I just downloaded the Windows store version of Comics i to take a look at what you meant. It's doing it to you. I'm seeing. I mean obviously
0: you, you can't you can't shift the thing, but the uh if you can figure out where the uh the organized books are, maybe they are in there. I I don't see them anywhere. All you have the store yes. on every page, which that's really useful. Thanks. No, I would rather be able to have a better organized Version of what I already have. It really just feels like the app is kind of bullshitted, and they they do it like no one cares. They're like, ah, oh, who cares? It's it's the Windows Store. No one's gonna download this. So fuck everyone. I don't understand. Can it really be that difficult to write one version of the app that works for everything? That just has to be ported over. What's gonna be so specific about all these environments that it won't run? I don't know. I mean, how damn different can it be? It's really peculiar to me. But whatever. <laughs> um, It's a little frustrating, but the books sure do look good in it. So I guess that's really the main, most important thing. So that's that's about all I got there, there Tiger. That's all you got? What about you? What about you, buddy? What about me? Yeah, you want tell me about some stuff?
1: I went to a new comic book store yesterday.
0: Oh, they have those, huh?
1: It's a grand opening of a comic book store I went to yesterday, actually. Neato. It is called Gods and Monsters is the name of the comic book store. It is in Orlando in the Festival Bay Mall, which, for those of you who do not know the area, which is probably most of you, it is that is the mall that is on iDrive, which... If you live in Orlando, it's the area of Orlando you do not go to, generally, because it is full of tourists and traffic and overpriced stuff you don't want. It is not, uh, locals generally do not go near I-Drive very often, unless they are looking for a very specific thing. I mean, there's restaurants over there that are very good, and, you know, it's worth the trek occasionally, and fighting the traffic, which is almost omnipresent. It's almost never easy. It's but I, they're trying to make it the Festival Bay Mall. They they re- recently added a, a section called the Artagon, which is like a supposedly like a local art marketplace where like people who make their own products can sell them at you know in a nice space. Uh, they've been trying to get more locals over there for that. I'm assuming that this comic book store is probably trying to do the same. Uh, it is a gigantic store. I will give it that. It is the biggest comic book store I've ever been in. It is bigger That's, than.
0: Uh- that's saying a lot.
1: It is bigger than Tate's. It is bigger than Emerald City. It was the wow. The two largest and it is bigger than both of them. Uh it has you know, it has uh a, a lounge area, it has an art gallery area. Uh and they were, they had extra tons of extra stuff there yesterday because it's the opening. So they had, you know, art local artists there, they had cosplayers, they had, you know, different people displaying different things, they had radio personalities like, you know, doing shows and stuff. So I imagine even without those people in there, it's getting even more space. Um, it wasn't... They had a, a very good selection of trades. I found a couple things that I've not seen anywhere else. Uh, like, I've been looking for a while. Like, uh, Stan Sakai's uh, one, a specific chapter of Yusagi Ujimbo I've been recommended to read was Grass I mean, I found that. I bought it. Uh also got a, the first volume of Prison Pit, which is a weird-ass alt-comic. Very gory. Um, those are the two things I bought. I also bought some dice because...
0: Because
1: Dice. Because Dice. Um, But it's... I don't think they have any single issues. Other than they had some free comic book day comics they were giving away, obviously. But no single issues anywhere.
0: That's really strange. It is. Not even current ones.
1: Not current ones. Not... No long boxes full of old comics. No anything. No new trades, either. No, like, Batgirl came out this past week. I wanted to get pick that up. In Batgirl Burnside. First trade. Could not find it. It was not there. They had... Like, how they displayed things, not much of a run. Like, there's no signage. Like, I, they had a section that was Warren Ellis written. All, everything Warren Ellis had written. It was, you know, Transmet, Planetary, all kind of miscellaneous Avatar books, the new Moon Knight. Like, it was all there. No sign. And if you didn't know that that was there, like, if you're not me or one of the other nerds who have written, read everything Warren Ellis has written, you wouldn't know to go to that place to look for that. You just, you'd have to stumble across it. They had an all ages section, not labeled. Uh, Like it seems like they're like they actually did a great job with like all the decorations and stuff. It's really cool. Like there's a section where like the cashiers are like have like looks like Arkham Asylum. Like they did went into great detail. Like painted like a door that's labeled Mister like Zaz Victor Zaz and like there's notes scrawled on the wall. Looks like from like the Riddler. Like and there's tons of like statues. They have a good selection of you know stuff like that. But the comics themselves are organized. Poorly to not at all. Like I don't know. I couldn't find. I had just stumbled across those things that I wanted. Hmm. Like I it's don't. It's
0: entirely probable. It, it is. It has just opened. It's entirely probable. It's going to take them more time, right, to get things exactly right. Tate's been around for a long time, and Emerald City is a second or third iteration of the same store, right? So I think that you know, I I I think that it's. I mean, it's got to be frustrating to. Walk through that and have to deal with it, but it probably will sort itself out eventually, wouldn't you think? Or does it not seem like it will?
1: I don't know. I hope so. I think that's the the good comic book stores, the ones that stay open, they have, they've learned these lessons. Like, you have to label everything, you have to have everything clearly laid out, and, like, the fact they have so much space, like, it didn't seem like they have enough stuff for all that space. Hmm. Like it's especially, I mean, it didn't seem that yesterday wasn't so bad because there's so many people, like it was packed because it was an opening and it's like a big event in Orlando. So there's a bunch of all the nerdy people in Orlando all over there to see what this place is like. But when it's just, you know, an everyday kind of thing and there's seven people in the store, it's going to look very empty and there's not going to be, and you're going to realize there's not that much stuff to see. And there's not like, they have a good, like they have a cool section like with Tate's has Tate's in both Emerald City and Tate's. Are both like the stores I would re- like say that I compare it to, and like they have a little bit of everything. Both those stores are have more more stuff in less space, and this store did not like it had a little bit, but not enough. And I, the art gallery was cool. Um, I would give it another shot. I'd go back. It's pro. It's just location. Like it's that is a it's not a place you want to go to go to a... And
0: well, I mean, maybe they're hoping for the tourists. Yeah, the maybe tourists. It's possible.
1: That is certainly a possibility. So I'm, and the fact they don't have single issues, that seems like that's how you get people to come back to the store a lot because they want to buy again. Them.
0: If the, again, if their strategy is tourism, they'll never care about that. Yeah, exactly. So it, it may it may just be a store for you know the more casual, the trade only readers.
1: Yeah, and they had like they had those weird like they had a lot of like deep cuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's people there clearly educated, and, like know their stuff. It's just I would not have laid it out the way they did. It looks, it makes, like, in first impression, you're like, wow, look at this. And then you, at second glance, you're like, I can't find anything. Those statues look really cool, but I'm not going to spend $500. I just want to buy a trade, you know? So, I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll, we can go whenever you're in town next, and we can check it out. Sounds lovely. Uh, One other thing I'll talk about very briefly, because I think we've already bombarded our listeners with enough Heroes of the Storm talk. Uh, because uh, I am still playing. I'm still obsessed. Um, there is a podcast I've been listening to. Uh, here's the storm associated podcast called Into the Nexus. Uh, it's really good. I really enjoy it. Uh, definitely recommend it if you are getting into here's the storm like I am. Uh, listen to it. Uh, I can also mention I've started blogging at a website. My website it's called Batman on a Horse dot com. Mm-hmm. Very.
0: It's a it's a good thing that you bought that.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, you know, just very simple WordPress setup and. You know, type what I write. What about whatever's on my mind at any given time?
0: It's it's your morning computer.
1: Exactly. I, that is a, for those apropos. No,
0: for those that don't know, do you want to explain what morning computer is? Morning
1: computer is that, that is the, the, the address of the site is morning dot computer. Yes. <laughs> because computer is now a. Uh,
0: it's a top level uh, domain. It is that's a, what that's called.
1: It, it, what Eric said.
0: Top level domain. They're and, all words that you know.
1: <laughs> yep. And Warren Ellis writes <laughs> Warren Ellis writes there. Uh he writes the same kind of thing. Whatever's on his mind, what he's you know, what he's been reading sometimes or, you know, a topic. Just brief little five hundred words maybe at most things. It's, and, like, it's like
0: a it's like a morning exercise for him to I've heard a lot of writers they do this. They just get up every morning and they write something just for the sake of writing something because it gets their brain going. Right. And it's it's good for building good habits.
1: Yes. I I do wanna uh give all my well wishes to Mr. Warren Ellis because uh, he's been put pictures of himself in the hospital yesterday on his social media uh, apparently terrible. apparently he did not have a stroke that's what he took a picture of his of the sign for a stroke unit he's like apparently I did not have one so uh that's good not having strokes good news uh, i hope he's going to do okay hope he'll be all right
0: you and me both he's he's kind of important
1: I, i'm 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 uh, i like that fella i hope he keeps writing comic books uh but that's all i got for the most part for now, not much else.
0: Not much else, huh?
1: No, I think we can start talking about retired lo, retired Wolverine. That's the name of the comic, mm-hmm. right? Retired Wolverine.
0: I think it's called Unforgiven.
1: Oh, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, yes, it is time for our last segment. It's time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Uh, Nerd Boy Book Club's part of the show. Where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work a trade, several trades, an arc, whatever, you know, however we want to define it, and we'll read it, and discuss it in depth, uh, like you would a Book Club. Uh, this week's book is Old Man Logan. Mark Millar, Steve, Steve McNiven, I think, inks with Dexter Vines, because he always does, he always inks Steve McNiven, it seems.
0: hmm
1: Who did the colors? Is it is it McNiven? He doesn't do his own colors.
0: I don't think he does.
1: I gotta pull it up. I'm trying to, it's under Wolverine, not Old Man Logan, I gotta be smart about this.
0: Maury Hollowell.
1: Okay. Kind of oh wait,
0: that's colors on the. Is that colors on the cover? It is still Maury Hollowell. Okay. They're credited twice because there's alternate covers. That explains it.
1: And uh, Corey Pettit doing the letters. Um, mm-hmm. for those the, we reading this because it, you know, this the same character ostensibly is in Secret Wars. And apparently he's going to be going forward in the Marvel universe because he's in the yep. all new, to all different Marvel promo, te- the teasers that are coming out. And he'll be, he'll be Logan, ostensibly, because Wolverine, the R Wolverine died. Um, until we get another Wolverine, then double Wolverines.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause everyone wants double Wolverine.
1: But this is, uh, basically, uh, in, in this is, this, again, this is weird because it's, we're never, never told what universe this is. In. And this is this took place in the Wolverine comic book. So it's theoretically, uh, you know, Wolverine in uh, our the 616 universe in the far future where all the villains one night decided, you know, they finally, under the direction of the Red Skull, took over, killed everyone and now are in charge for the most part of this dystopian wasteland. Uh, And Wolverine has retired. Something horrific happened to him, which we are not told. That's kind of one of the central mysteries of the story. Uh, and then, and he has his family, and he refuses to, you know, he's he's just Logan now. He doesn't, refuses to pop his claws, doesn't get into fights. Uh, Hawkeye comes, blind Hawkeye comes to get him, he needs some money to pay off the Hulk fan, the whole, the Banner, the Banner gang, clan.
0: <laughs> the Banner clan. Yeah. The Banner claner
1: Needs to pay them, pay off their money, pay off their debt for his, either his protection fee, I guess. And, uh, he reluctantly joins Hawkeye on this some plan to get money and then we follow them around um what are your overall thoughts Eric are you 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 a fan of the have you read you've read this before
0: I have I was reading it uh when it was coming out and it was uh, this was this was not too terrible long after uh uh civil war you know it, it was probably the first big thing McNiven did after civil war um I was very interested in it at the time, mostly for the uh, the McNiven art. I'm, I mean, I'm such a fan, and I had followed him back when he did Meridian uh, several years before. And this is a gorgeous book, you know, McNiven and Vines can make a book look fantastic. Crosshatchy. <laughs> um, I, I do uh, enjoy this book. It's oddly kind of simple. Yeah. You know, there's there's really not a whole lot to it. It's just, you know, here's gruff old grizzled guy and righteous indignation. Yeah. But I guess there you have wacky adventure story in the middle. And it is certainly very gruesome.
1: Yeah, it is very gruesome. I simultaneously really enjoy this book and really kind of dislike this book.
0: Very interesting. How so?
1: Where like you mentioned unforgiven oh. and
0: which it is exactly the same thing
1: as. <laughs> yes this, the main story is literally oh good comics all just decided to stop working perfect um it is I mean it's the same tenet of you know unforgiven there's a retired you know gunslinger doesn't want to fight anymore and then has to be is pulled back in um oh my entire iPad is crashed that's great gonna reset you yeah. there we go um and and that's I mean in, in just film it's clearly following that same plot line with Wolverine playing part of Clint Eastwood. Uh, then you have just lots of fan service that are clearly fan service. Like, I mean, you could call them Easter eggs, but I think Easter eggs are a little bit more well hidden. than them literally calling it town hammer falls. And, uh, and, but then they also, he uses the same joke twice with Hank with pinfalls. Like they use that twice. And, uh, the fact, you know, the, each of the territories is ruled by a different villain and the, the, that, like I have mentioned this before, I think in, I've mentioned it in World War Hulk episode, uh, and then, and Planet Hulk again, when we, every time we discuss the Hulk really, Future Imperfect with the maestro and his, you know, trophy room, that scene of his trophy room of like, he has Iron Man's armor and Silver Server's board and Wolverine's skeleton, you know, and then we have the same thing with Red Skull where this book is not trying to hide what it is taking from. It is clearly showing all these things, like, "Hey, it, it, we, we, I am, we're just doing this." At the same time, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Steve McNiven, he sure can draw. And despite all those things, I mean, I don't. It's not trying to be more than that. I at least, I don't. I don't know. At times, I think it's trying to be. A, it goes a little too try to be too much uh it doesn't go far enough in that it's i'm it's pure popcorn kind of thing like it's the same problem we just discussed earlier with ghost racers Mm -hmm. i think that it could be crazier and just like it tries to come back to the like hey wolverine has feelings and i i guess that's the problem with doing that Unforgiven plot you have to root it in that but i don't i I, but i still enjoy it a light i i can't i still like reading it it's still fun gory dumb fun you know Well,
0: I I think, I think we're also kind of in a position of we're judging it. You know, we're in a point in Marvel's history where they're destroying their entire universe so they can reboot it and tell the most insane stories they possibly can. Like, we just read a whole ton of books that are basically this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is kind of one of the first of those um or at least sort of in a transition to whatever in the hell you would say they're doing now. It feels like it was them moving out of whatever movement you would call the the civil war era and moving towards whatever you would call they're doing now.
1: I don't know what th- I mean that's the thing like there's been plenty of like dark knight returns is mm-hmm. the same thing sort of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I I'm not saying I mean, I agree with you about, you know, being a little derivative. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that this felt pretty different in that moment. I remember when it was out and everyone's like, Oh man, Hawkeye's blind and he's, he's kicking everybody's ass and they're driving a car up the wall. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's stupid comic book fun. It, I don't know. I was. I almost say like you're you're being a little too harsh on it, but I feel like everything you're saying is, you know, it, it's it's all on point. It makes sense. I just think that we're we're judging it just just sort of by an unfair metric. Well, I'm looking looking back, it's a little bit different, and maybe it's fair to say that that it this is this is not necessarily it's not going to be remembered for all time. Uh, as an amazing comic book, as much as it's just going to be like, oh, this is a really beautiful comic book.
1: Yeah, and I don't. I think critically, most critics are not don't look fondly on this book. Like mm-hmm. they go, yeah, it's fine. You know, Steve Magnificent. They like what well, we said. Steve Magnificent sure can draw, and Mark Millar. He writes comic books that sell. I think that's yeah. Um, I I think that my problem with it is that. It's those, I, okay, let's just get straight, this is the, the one part that I, I think is what hinges everything upon, it's that, the reveal about why Wolverine is so scarred, why he refuses to fight, where, you know, it's this big lead up, he's like, you know, Hawkeye's like constantly asking him, like, why don't you want to fight, why don't you fight anymore, where's Wolverine, I know you're in there still, and, and you know, it's this big build up. And then finally, you know, and what happened that night? You know, the night that the villains won. You know, why suddenly, all of a sudden, you know, you're you're like this. And the reveal that he, you know, he's thought he was fighting all these villains. And then it turns out it was Mysterio mm-hmm. who gave him an illusion and he was actually killing all his friends. And that the last person he killed was Jubilee. And it just feels very manipulative and blatantly manipulative like let's take the youngest most recent like protege that Wolverine's had that's in the you know and have him brutally murder her without his knowledge and like does it want to like if it was just like hey this is just Transformers in a comic book like it's just pure blockbuster crazy craziness we don't you know it. it we don't necessarily want to be you know thought of as a You know, a thinking—it's not a thinking comic book. It is less crazy, super action, Wolverine in the future. Let's have fun. But that's not fun. It's you know, it's that's. I think that's my. What do you think about that scene in particular, Eric? The reveal.
0: It it doesn't bother me at all. I thought it was. uh, I I don't really have too many negative feelings about it the way that you do. I uh, I can't really defend it. But I I I absolutely don't have a problem with it. I don't know.
1: I think thematically it just sets like it's the, you know like you mentioned like that crazy like the they're riding they're riding around in the Spider-Mobile and it climbs walls mm-hmm. and you know they run into moloids like or cannibals for some reason like I I don't think moloids have ever eaten people before but uh you know they run into like the Ghost Rider gang and. You know, Hawkeye's kicking people's asses while still not seeing, like, he's relying entirely on, like, on his hearing and all that stuff, and this is the, it's a little weird reading the pre-fraction Hawkeye now, uh, and any, like, it's never, although this Hawkeye is not actually, it's, he's not, it's not that egregious, non, like, I think I could see the same, Mm -hmm. yeah, that, you know, I I could, could I could
0: see, I could see him growing up to be that.
1: Yeah, exactly, especially in this kind of world, but, you know, and, like, like if it's just like, hey, this is pure fan service, and then going, ha ha, we know it's fan service. Here, watch us. Here, watch Wolverine murder all his, what, kill Jubilee. It just feels like, like we three, we always throw this around, where it's mm. pure. Like, well, look at these cute animals get tortured, and it feels this. Like, I, I can see the strengths, I think. Like and the rest of this, I'm like fine with that. And when it gets to the point, I'm like, it just feels lazy. It feels obvious.
0: I think that's an in, that's an interesting observation. This is just, I guess I don't know. I just don't feel the same. That I just enjoy it on a stupid popcorn level. I mean, it's
1: so you want it. You like it's, seeing it's, Jubilee die, don't you, Eric? Huh? That's what it is. I
0: I actually I hate Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't particularly need to see. Uh, I don't particularly need to see him murder a whole bunch of people, <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. I I think any of the criticisms, it, it's there's there's enough of a payload here that this is a fun book. It's it's just it's gorgeous and it's crazy and it's over the top and it's stupid. No, I mean I think it's strange that this is going to be included into the marvel universe and it looks like <laughs> my my favorite thing about it is how he wanders off with a hulk baby on his back
1: and no hulk baby book,
0: and now there's no hulk baby that enrages me
1: <laughs> i that's true i i want hulk baby yeah they i think they just don't want to have to put him back put a ba- hulk baby into the normal marvel universe with a uh, you know hulk being right there mm-hmm. Dot green mm-hmm. and trying to fix fix figure out they've they want to make continuity less confusing, not more confusing, but I agree. It'd be, that's the funnest part about that, you know, Wolverine going all Lone Wolf and Cub, and, so, yes. and then the Hulk baby just vanishes.
0: I love Lone Wolf and Cub Wolverine. I think that would have been, I would have loved to have read some of those stories.
1: Well, I think, I mean, uh, holy crap, the current issue, the current uh, comic strain, which I think we read the first issue, mm-hmm. it's kind of, that's what that is with the, yes it
0: was i do recall
1: but with, with the thing monsters around but um mm-hmm. no hulk baby no hulk baby though and now no hulk baby there's also that no cable hulk. that cable story where he got baby hope that was also a lone wolf and cub in a dystopian future
0: it's important to to put a little lone wolf and cub into everything <laughs> in every single thing um why in the hell can i not find giant-sized
1: I don't know. Oh, I, this, I app
0: is, this app is an incredible disaster. I
1: had to rely on just going to the last page of the Regular Wolverine and then letting it take me to it.
0: That's another thing about this this app, this this Windows app does not do that. Does not go to the next book.
1: That's annoying.
0: That's incredibly annoying. It's the worst thing ever. It's like they don't want you to read.
1: And like th- I th- and I think that that moment with him his deep dark secret revealed is the only thing that really stands out as feels incongruous to me like the ending of them you know fighting all the hulks and you know red skull wearing captain america's uniform like a lunatic Mm -hmm. that yeah i like like wearing his like even they even say it like wearing his skin Mm -hmm. like i think that's a, a fun fun crazy thing to do like there's plenty of fun crazy things but then to have you know i i don't know i just can't it's hard to think of something else that would scar him. But I think that's the problem. Like, I don't know. Like, that tone of him like being this scarred monster and then this crazy, fun popcorn world, I think is... I guess that's the central problem I have. Even though I still like it. I still wouldn't say don't read it. I would just say don't expect much. Don't expect depth. Mm-hmm. I would say expect beautiful art. And lots of gore. Lots of people being cut into pieces.
0: Yeah, I I support all of that. Honestly, cannibalism and people getting chopped up and it's gruesome. It's what? hilarious.
1: Bruce Banner as a incestuous psychopath. What do we? Yeah, why
0: are why are they all insane rednecks? I how does that happen?
1: That's another thing. I'm like, Bruce Banner going crazy has been done before. It's called the Maestro, and inf- you know that that exists. Uh, and it works perfectly well as him you know but instead banners now are redneck i don't get that like can not that's the thing well we have to have crazy rednecks in the story so it's just going to be the banners the banner clan the clan banners big big clanners mm-hmm. i don't know that that felt strange to me as well but it's weird so it's fine like in mind all the weird stuff it's just the deeply serious stuff that just seemed out of place like i i mentioned dark knight returns that never, I don't know, it, maybe just maybe it is the, the, that it's such a book set in its time period. Like, Old Man Logan's just a far future. It could be any time, because Logan ages differently. And Hawkeye, I mean, Hawkeye's alive, but everyone else is mostly dead. It, I don't if you think it had maybe taken, I don't know, that's strange. Like, I'm trying to pinpoint things. Like, I love Dark Knight Returns, I have no qualms about it. Maybe just because just this is derivative? Hmm, I don't know. You still there? I am. Okay, good. You're important. You're important.
0: I know. Thank you. I don't know. It's, um, it almost just sort of feels like you're, you're expecting a little bit too much. Is it just, is it just because it's Malar? That you're expecting something a little bit more artful? No, I... Is it because it's I, McNiven you're it, expecting something more artful? No, McNiven
1: like, does exactly what I expect him to, which is draw fucking beautiful beautiful things all the time, mm-hmm. regardless if it's, you know, someone's getting sliced in half, or it's just, you know, a family. In Millar, I generally I try and set my expectations low, because he really has just turned into, like, let's create some property that I can turn into a movie, get the rights, mm-hmm. the licensing, like... I don't
0: know. I have few problems the, with that. I, I th- honestly, I I just I came into it. It what sold me was crazy over the top action. Right. It was the guy at the comic book store. It was AJ at the comic book store saying this book is awesome. They're driving a car on walls. Hawkeye is blind and he's cutting people up with a katana. The hulks are eating people. Wolverine's chopping them up. This is it's it's off the rails. Right. You know, and it's it's just just absolute banana craziness, which is yeah, and what I what we get I in every probably book should
1: now. Look for more. Of the, I I don't know. It's just that legacy of like the end comics, like mm-hmm. characters in the future, near after they've had their adventures. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think that Dark Knight Returns is just sets such, such a high bar. Like I want everything to be that, but it just doesn't. Like the let's see, uh, Spider Man Reign. Similar problems as this, I would say. Um, that's another s- similar story where it does some bad things with Legacy. Uh, the future imperfect story does, I, I guess it's because he's, it's the current character. What I want to know is why, I guess it just comes down to sales, I'm guessing, at the time, why this isn't just Wolverine. It wasn't a separate miniseries. Like, they just had it take over Wolverine for a while, when it's not set, it's not current continuity, and apparently not in even our 616 continuity.
0: Mm-hmm. Except it is now, sort of.
1: Were you talking the entire time, Eric? I lost you. No. Okay. No. I wasn't sure my headphones are being weird.
0: Um, no. Okay. I, I, you said it's not in our 616 continuity, and I said, except now it is, sort of.
1: Now it is again. Yes. It's back. Now. Came back around, around the corner. Yep. And it all oh, well, this and it was it was very popular, it sold a lot it did it did very well and now I mean old man Logan's back it's, how how is it how okay that's a i that's a question How do you put this character back in the Marvel universe?
0: I am dying to know i am I can't even imagine, and it really feels like the only thing that I walked away with like really wanting Mm -hmm. they've removed there will be no hulk baby that was the most interesting thing about this because i mean while i do enjoy it i completely agree with your assessment yeah it's derivative as hell it's not it's not groundbreaking amazing work it's just over the top crazy action i think comparing it to transformers is a relatively apt comparison it works for me Um,
1: and like, but this, this comic basically posits that Wolverine now is a murderous, you know, mm -hmm. machine that's going to go out and get justice. And we, and in that new old man, Logan tie-in, he murders dozens of people. Yeah. The, who are, you know, they're wearing, was it gladiator wearing, wearing daredevil mask or whatever. Um, how, like this, a bloodthirsty old man going back into like. Modern Marvel continuity just seems strange. And kind of at odds in that, like, very bright, all new, all different, you know, st- kind of direction it seems Marvel's going, at least with those teasers. I don't know. And no Hulk baby. Mm-hmm. Really do want to see child Hulk. Well, there was Scar, son of Hulk. That doesn't look
0: like it counts.
1: It, he He's in... I've not read it. He's in... Oh, con- wait.
0: There's totally a Hulk baby in... Uh, this old man Logan. Is there? Uh, yeah. I didn't see. I saw him. There he is. His little green hand grabbing him. I don't know how I missed that. It just wasn't obvious. I didn't see it in any of the tr- any of the teasers. And whatever this, um, uh, at least he's here. But it doesn't. It's. I, I don't know. It's not clear if he's going to be in in the six one six universe when it finally reboots. Well, they leave or whatever, it. Whatever. Whatever they're gonna call. it. Well, he
1: it. leaves him with uh, with. Luke Cage's daughter, Luke Cage and mm-hmm. Jessica Jones' daughter, who's now grown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, There's still. I, I mean, it's there, but yeah. I is it gonna? I don't think it's gonna necessarily come come with. She's you know climbing a wall, whatever. Um, anything else you want to talk about?
0: Not really. We got a lot of discussion out of this uh, thin little book.
1: Yeah, I yeah, like I I think it's accurate that it is a very beautiful, mm. but you know, thinly, you know, disguised, you know, derivative work where, you know, it's many other stories with a new skin on it, a lot of fan service stuff, but crazy action, crazy, you know, it does have lots of fun stuff about Marvel, the Marvel universe in it. And this, it's just, it's been stretched out enough times that, you know, I try not, try and keep that in mind. It is Transformers. it's popcorn, it is, you know, look at Steve McNiven drawing, people get cut in half, kind of stuff. That is, I I would, I don't know. Probably, I would probably recommend this to people who don't think about this as much as I do. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I'd go, oh, you'd probably like this. You don't, you don't, you don't think about all the comic books set in dystopian futures starring current continuity characters. Would you, who would you wholeheartedly recommend this to?
0: I recommend you read it a whole bunch more times.
1: I can't promise that.
0: Honestly, I uh, I can think of a lot of people that would probably enjoy this. I think it's tremendous, and I think that it can be a good entry point comic to people that are only familiar with with movies and you know that that sort of over the top storytelling. And it it draw you in, and it'll it'll entertain you, and it'll send you on your way. In the end, it's 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 not Watchmen. <laughs> but it really is unforgiven, really, 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 it
1: really is. It's like unforgiven; it's unforgiven. But Wolverine,
0: it's unforgiven too.
1: Are we? Are, do I have to start singing Metallica? Do my James Hetfield?
0: I I hope so.
1: Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me double cha da da. Give me double da da. Oh oh. Hey hey. <laughs> Stupid. Yes. Um, are you... um so, folks, Eric. Is going to be at Heroes Con next weekend, which I am extremely jealous of. uh uh-huh. I hope I can go next week, next week, next year uh, to to Heroes Con. Uh, to
0: well, next next week we is, are going to another you, comic book. Con I, I am going to because yes. we have a problem.
1: Yeah, Supercon. Well, Frank Quitely is <laughs> going to be there. I don't I don't know if I'm going to ever get another chance to meet Frank Quietly. So yeah, exactly. Take advantage of that. Um, but we're not going to have an episode next week. Uh, come back in two weeks. We will have. Eric, live live reports, not live reports from HeroCon, HeroCon. it won't be live because it will be over by then. <laughs> uh, uh, next, so not next week, but two weeks from from the time you're hearing this, roughly. Uh, we will come back and uh, book club will be the one trick ripoff. Paul Pope at pulp. Paul Pope on Twitter. I I, I find his Twitter handle endlessly delightful. Um,
0: you do talk about it all the
1: time. I do. I like it. Um. But yeah, so read along two weeks, see you in two weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be jealous of Eric the entire time because so he's going to be doing cool things with comic book people. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll bring this one to a close. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comic Sour. You can find us dot com. Find everything there. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, wherever else you listen to, uh, to, to podcasts. Uh, if you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe to us. Uh, it takes a couple minutes out of your day. Uh, it really helps us out. Really helps, uh, New people find us. Uh you can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Comics Hour. Like us there. Uh you can also find us on Twitter at H B C Hour. Tweet at us there. Uh email us. I mentioned it before, but handsome comics at gmail.com. Any of those places, reach out to us. We'd like to hear from you guys. Give us suggestions, questions, um complaints, criticisms, com- com- compliments, blah blah blah. Uh you can find me on Twitter at Mixmaster It's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Uh, Eric, where can they find you online?
0: Well, you can go to freewillunlimited.com. Updated it in case you haven't seen it, Robbie. Oh! Uh, That is my portfolio. It looks a little bit snazzier. Uh, I'm a little bit happier with it. It's still got a couple more miles to go, I think. But, uh, come check it out. You can also see my Tumblr portfolio. Still hasn't found its, its new home yet. So you can look at it by going to ericzgoodnight.tumblr.com. And while you're at it, you might as well go to EricZGoodnight.com, where you can see all the fun stuff I get up to online, including my Tumblr, my Pinterest, my GitHub for people that are into that. But yeah, it's beautiful. So that's my Twitter handle, MrBadExample, spelled M-R-BadExample. Forgot about that stuff.
1: <laughs> so with that, folks, people, calling it a day. Have a good one.
0: And rock and roll. <laughs>